A great morning out there. Welcome once again to another live broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips. I want to thank God for another glorious day. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made for us to rejoice and to be glad in him. I want to celebrate this glorious day. As we wake up to see the light of this day, we want to thank God for his love, his goodness, his grace, his mercy, and of course his kindness that never cease, they never fail. The scripture says they are new every morning. What another day, what another opportunity heaven has given to us. Thank you so very much for joining this morning. It's a pleasure to be part of the living today. It's a, it's a pleasure to be part of those that heaven has summoned, called to journey with him and to be his representatives in the earth. In every generation, God needs a voice. God needs a people that will speak on his behalf, that will speak and echo his voice. Of course, we don't want to be echo. We want to be the sound of his voice. But this morning, we believe God that as we join our hearts together again in the place of prayer and supplication and intercession, that God's heart, God's mind once again will be revealed to the nations. That from this place, the heart of God will become known. The, the will of God, the intentions of God will be established. It is our prayer this morning that as we gather, as we call upon the Lord, that this word will be carried by the wind, by the birds, into the dwelling place of men. That those who are still sleeping this morning, that as they wake up, they'll be awakened into newness of life. That they'll be awakened into a new mind, a new sense of, I must go back to my father. I must make up. I must reconcile. It's our prayer that the nations will turn to God. This morning, we're going to be continuing in our teachings we've been looking at some very important principles for for a while now we're still dealing with the economy of god we're still dealing with the concept of coming out of the ark and there are dynamics that we have come to establish within those uh, two uh, spiritual philosophy one of the things that i want us to look into this morning last last time we dealt with putting on the old armor of god as a concept into entering the newness of the day heaven has ushered in and that's a powerful teaching wow what what a declaration that principle of putting on the old armor of god was just to me a wow we want to thank god for the way the spirit of god is releasing or the intentions <clears throat> excuse me and the heart of god to us but this morning i want us to look at another dynamics within the concept amen of the economy of god in terms of newness we want to deal with amen the place of intercession itself the place of prayer all right we, by now i'm sure by now you understand that things of god are built they are systems they are spiritual their spiritual system the bible talk about the things of the spirit meaning that as we have things in the natural realm as we have structures and systems and you know uh, uh, councils and all of the things that makes our life you know uh, uh, work effectively you know the the concept of management you know if you want to build a house if you want to run a family there are certain things you've got to have in place yes if you want to run a business you want to run a ministry you want to run a nation all right there are things that must be put in place yes as those things apply in the natural so they apply in the spirit so many of the things that we are dealing with, amen, on Potter's Gate, we're dealing with structures, we're dealing with spiritual systems, we're dealing with, amen, the, the building, the constructions of the things of God. 
So, if you will, our sense of the prophetic is a bit advanced, is a bit more mature, is engaging. I mean, the spiritual development, the, 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 the capacity to advance and to walk in, in the things of the Spirit. So, we will continue to do this because we know that uh, heaven has ushered the nations, the church, into a new day. And there are things that we need to know. There are things we need to understand. We need to properly align ourselves to those things. There are there are tools. There are materials. There are new skills. You know that we have to spiritually develop as we're developing skills in the natural. Alright, you understand today that one of the struggle out there in the marketplace is that certain people are losing their job. Why? The, you know, the, 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 the opportunities are opening for other people. So it depends on the kind of skill you have. If you have what you call, what you call knowledge skill, all right? And you have a bit of, you know, uh, uh, entrepreneurial spirit to that, you'll find a job. <laughs> so while people are saying there's no job, while people are losing jobs, some are actually gaining jobs. So it depends on the kind of skill that you have. It's the same thing that applies, all right? In the things of God, all right? There are seasons that heaven brings us to that the skill we have in one dimension or in the past may not apply, may not even be required or necessary in the new realities of the things of the spirit. And that's why we need men, you know, that are called into, you know, the, the, the fivefold ministry to train. They must be able to see what is coming. They must have, you know, the, the, the grace or they must follow the voice of the prophetic, all right? The prophetic is not just about prophesying into people's life. It's about building systems in the earth. It's about building capacity, why we need to encourage, why we need to build, why we need to empower each other. But we also need to build things into people that will allow them, amen, to be able to train others. That's how the things of the Spirit is. If we don't have teaching priests, if we don't have those who can help us to understand the ways of God, all right? The Bible says that the people knew the acts of God. The people knew the act of God. But Moses knew the ways of God. That's one, that's one thing that differentiates Moses from the people. And that's why he's able to lead them. If you want to lead the people, you must know the ways. You must know the ways, all right? You can't lead if you don't know the ways of God. You can't lead if you don't know where you're going. All right, where are you leading the people to? So that's that's one of the beauties of the prophetic. All right, and we saw Moses operate as a prophet, yet we saw him operate, amen, as a as an apostle. You know, as a prophetic voice. All right, he was building. He had the capacity of government to lead the people out of bondage, but he also had the ability and the capacity, of course, via the impartation of the Spirit. All right, to build something in in you know in the, in the in the wilderness as the journey called a mobile temple. That's a beautiful thing. So all of these things, the Spirit of God, amen, is, is requiring of us as a spiritual competence that we must have, as spiritual positions that we must have, all right? So if we're going to pray, we have to pray kingdom-focused prayer. We have to pray prayers, amen, that are kingdom-driven, that are Christ-centric, all right? We have to pray prayers, amen, that advances the intentions of God. We have to pray prayers, amen, that, that are aligned to the economies of God. We have to pray prayers, amen, that, that deals with, amen, the activities of God within the domain of men. We have to prepare as that pushes, amen, the things of God to the next fair, to the next realm, to the next frontier. So all of these things are the things that we are doing, amen, 
on this you know uh, uh, platform on this place in this place called the Potter's Gate. All right, we are very focused. We believe the Lord, Amen, that He will continue to grace us and continue to resource us, and of course, we we'll continue to pray that you will stretch your hand to also assist us to do what we need to do. We want to continually build and release resource, resource. This is a resource house, all right. And we are, of course, we are very aware that there are di different dimensions that that are required that is needed, all right, for us to be able to do what we need to do. But at this point in time, this amen, moment requires that we develop teaching praise, and that's why we're going to be dealing with people like you know Zechariah. Zechariah is a type of a priest that has been placed within amen, the structure of a new day, all right, that will give direction and and, and mobility to the to you know to you know to the people of God, but yet he's still wearing the old effort. Is still wearing the old mindset, all right? And the devil, amen, has come to accuse him. The devil has come to accuse him. So he cannot advance. He cannot step further into what the Spirit of God, amen, wants to do in the new, in the new day. So we have to deal with all of these things, all right? There are, there, are, there are people that God wants to use in the new, but somehow the enemy still have a hold over them. The enemy still have amen, something, you know, that is holding against them. So they, are, they have to be undressed. They have to be undressed for them to be redressed. If we're going to move forward, if we're going to advance, if we're going to enter, if we're going to press into this new day. We keep talking about this newness, this new day. Somebody said, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is this new, new day you're talking about? Friends, heaven has ushered us into a new day. And this newness is a thing that we're picking by the spirit. Our newness is not defined by the fact that we bought a new cloth. Of the fact that, all right, oh, the, everything looks new around me. No, no. This newness, amen, is a structure of the spirit. It's a dimension of a life that sees things from a different perspective. All right? It's a, it's a movement in the spirit, hallelujah, that shifts you from point A to point B. All right, that 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 develops you from where you are to the next divine intentions of God for your life, for your home, for your family, for your nation, amen, for this generation. So we are dealing with all of this spiritual dynamics, all right, and we are believing God to grant us grace, capacity, and the tenacity to abide, to remain, and to continually proceed towards the place of the pleasures of God. Our desire is to see that the kingdom of God. It may be made manifest in this brand new day. He said we must pray that his kingdom come. We must pray that his kingdom come. Where is kingdom coming to? The kingdom is not just coming and loafing around in the earth. The kingdom of God must, amen, must be expressed into every facet of human existence. <laughs> so when we pray, we're praying the kingdom of God to be established, first of all, within our own psyche, within the structures of our own life, within the template of our existence. We're praying the kingdom of God earlier to have a seat within the administrations of our life, of our thoughts. We're praying that the kingdom of God invade, amen, our imagination. We're praying that the kingdom of God takes over, amen, our thought process. We're praying that the kingdom of God, amen, be, 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 be established within the structure, amen, of our inner life, that the core of our life are, amen, embedded, 
built within the very life called the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When we do that, then we can go out and express what the kingdom of God is. <laughs> we are the manifestation of the kingdom. If the world amen, will ever see the kingdom of God come, they will see it come amen, through a people who have been, who have been kingdomized. <laughs> Allow me to use that word. All right? <laughs> Permit me to use that word. Who have been kingdomized. Whose entire life amen, are, are, are under the constraint. Jesus came and showed us how to live life, how to walk, how to abide, how to surrender, how to yield, amen, to the things of God. That is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not just about a realm. The kingdom of God is about an authority that we have allowed, amen, to unstrung us. The kingdom of God is not just about a place. It's about, amen, the domain, amen, of God in our life, amen. We will not see a kingdom be manifest in a place when we have not come under the lordship, under the authority, under the influence, under the power under the government of God. We have to do that. That's why God has given us a will. We will to surrender. I will to surrender my will to the will of him who called me. That is where the kingdom of God begins from. The kingdom of God begins from your will submitting to his will. The kingdom of God starts, amen, from a, a point where your heart desire becomes God's heart desire. That, amen, everything that he wants is what you want. That's the kingdom of God. Amen, when the kingdom of God becomes your, your full desire, it becomes your meat, becomes your food, becomes your drink, becomes your quest, becomes your dream, becomes your vision. When everything that defines your life becomes what the father ordained for you and you are pursuing the halabashianda that is the kingdom of god coming and then you become an instrument you become an ambassador you become one amen who is called a regent in the earth that represent the kingdom of god Lest we talk about the kingdom, we're talking about we have a different ideology, a different belief system about what the kingdom is. While our life, amen, has not, has not yielded, has not surrendered. We're talking the kingdom, but we are far from the things that will allow us, amen, to be part of the very, you know, instruments of the kingdom. We can't do that. We can't talk. This, the kingdom is not just talk. <laughs> the Bible says, amen, the kingdom of God is not words. The kingdom of God is not in words. The kingdom of God, amen, is in power. The power there is that you have come under the dominion. You cannot exercise the, the dominion of the kingdom of God if you yourself have not been brought under the governance, under the administration. They must dispense your life when you come into the kingdom. Your life becomes a dispense. Your, li your, your life becomes the toothpaste. Amen. That you, you know, you, when you press the toothpaste, something comes out. Yes, yes. It, it, be it becomes an instrument that you use to brush your teeth. That's, that's the kingdom. They dispense you. They press you. Something. Life comes out. Amen. God comes out of you. He healing comes out of you deliverance comes out. whenever they press you something about god something about heaven comes out that's kingdom <laughs> hallelujah this is what we want to see in the nations this is the kind of church a kind of a people we want to see manifest in the earth a people whose life has come under the life the nature the instrument, the very structure, the very administration of heaven. Heaven is coming down. Earth and heaven must meet to that must meet each other. Pray that his kingdom come, that his will be done, not in another place, but on earth. This is where we are. This is what we are about. This is 
our heart desire. This is my heart desire for this nation, South Africa, that I've come to love with all my heart. This is my heart desire for my great nation, Nigeria, that birthed me, that brought me forth into this, this glorious day. This is my heart desire for West Africa, for South Africa, for East Africa, for Central Africa. This is my heart desire for North Africa. That the people in the north will come under the influence, under the authority of the kingdom of God. This is the quest of every believer. This should be the quest of every believer. This is my quest. This is my prayer. This is my desire for my brethren in America, for the entire nation of, the, of America to come under the dominion of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not politics. Of course, God, God uses people in politics. But the kingdom of God is not, is not, is not, you know, is is not, is not a, a republic or democrat. No, the kingdom of God is not, is not what politicians do. So wherever we see things that are not aligning to the justice system of God, to the eternal counsels of God, God, God may use the systems of this world, but the systems of this world, amen, are not primarily the establishment or the instrument of establishing the kingdom of God. So, so it's important that we understand that we will do what we need to do, amen, as, 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 as earth dwellers, amen, to establish righteousness. But there is a kingdom that is coming that will submit, that will, that will surrender to, to, you know, to, to the government of God. The, we will finally see at the millennial reign of Christ, amen, this earth will be governed by Christ himself. And those who are called the overcomers, they will be given cities to, you know, to, to, you know, to, to, to govern. Yes. Some will be given 10, some will be given 5, depending on their capacity. And we look forward to that day. I'm not just looking forward to going to heaven. I'm looking forward to reigning on earth. Hallelujah. Having cities to, you know, to govern. Having realms and places to establish the councils of God. So, so this is a training period for us. And so we need to constantly remind ourselves and rehearse, amen, our eternal hope, our eternal home, our, our pursuance, our projection, our advancement. This is not something that is palatable, that is, you know, that is exciting to a lot of Christians because we are mostly over, we have been captured and overwhelmed by our immediate need that we don't see the bigger picture. Right? We are overwhelmed by our me, I, and myself. And then, therefore, you cannot see the bigger things that God wants to do in your life. Right? <laughs> you know, it's like somebody that has been, that has been, that has been willed billions of dollars. But the person is so used to, you know, to the two rand and they just get me, let me just buy bread. Let me just, let me just have a little, you know, thing to, you know, it just, you know, the mundane things. And you never know that you have been assigned earlier cities. You've been, you've been designed to govern realms and realities. But because of the environment that you grew up that shaped you, you can't see beyond the pigeonhole. You can't see beyond the aquarium where you're supposed to be swimming in oceans not even rivers, in oceans. You're supposed to be moving, moving from boundary to boundary. Amen. Crossing from one Atlantic amen, ocean to another dimension. But you're just used to that little aquarium. That is how many of our mind is when it comes to the things of God. And we want to believe God to change those things. Because listen to this. If we don't, the enemy will continue to rob us of the opportunities that God has given to us to advance his purpose in the earth. The kingdom of God is coming. As I'm speaking right now, something is happening in the realm of the spirit. 
Because our words, they are spirit and they are life. Whenever we speak the heart and the intentions of God, we set things in motion. We set things in motion that, that begins to change in spheres and realms, that begins to align, that begins to correct, that begins to redesign the, the, you know, the sphere, that begins to amen, bring the, 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 the realm under the authority and under the you know, governing power of heaven. Our words, they are spirit and they are life. My words are spirit, and as I'm speaking right now, all right, into nations, as we're proclaiming this day, we're decreeing, we're declaring that there is a change over the realm, over cities, over nations, over atmosphere. We're decreeing, we're proclaiming, we're declaring that governments are coming, amen, to the awakening of the authority of God, that they will submit, they will abide, that they will align to God's divine intention. Yes, what's a spirit? We war with our words. We advance with our words. So it's important that we have the right mindset so that what we do, hallelujah, is aligned to what God has ordained. Thank you so much, Brother Derek, this morning for joining. Nice to have you. So we, we, we're praying this morning, all right? We are advancing the counsels of God. We are advancing, amen, the will of God in the earth. Our life is the extension, earlier of God's domain in the earth. Wherever you are, your life ought to be expressing, hallelujah, the dominion of God. The dominion of God is not ruling over people. It's not controlling people. The dominion of God is establishing, amen, the intentions of God, the capacities of God, the will of God over the realm that you have been placed. That's the dominion of God. Amen. This is the day where we establish dominion. We're taking back what the enemy have stolen and we're starting that, amen, from a position of knowledge. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. All kinds of knowledge that is required of us to exercise our regency, to exercise our authority in the earth, to represent God and his kingdom. We want all of it. We want all of it. I want all of it. Maybe not for you, for myself. I want every knowledge, every knowledge. The Bible said the city shall be delivered through knowledge. All right. Amen. The things of the spirit works through knowledge. If if we don't have amen and the spirit of knowledge, that's why they have a word called word of knowledge. In the prophetic, there's something they call word of knowledge, word of wisdom. When we have all these instruments well established in our life, hallelujah, our life becomes an expression, amen, of the will of God in the earth. We cannot establish the will of God when we don't know his will. We cannot establish the kingdom of God when we don't know what the kingdom of God is or represents. Can you see, friends? That is why this place, this, 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 you know, ministry that heaven has given to us is to teach knowledge, is to teach the priest, is to teach how we can grow, how we can develop, how we can come into maturation, how we can then represent. Nobody represents the things of God except they are mature. There are two kinds of people that God uses. There are two kinds of people that God uses. The first people that God uses, amen, are those who have no knowledge that God is using them. They have no knowledge that God is using them. There are so many people God is using. And most of these people are either unbelievers or, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, nominal Christians. God will use them to do whatever, but they, they are not aware of it. Then you have another kind of people, amen, that God uses. Those who are aware that God wants to use them and God God, God says you need to go to school and they, and they surrender themselves, amen, to the training that prepares them, hallelujah, that 
prepares them ready, amen, for what God is going to do in their life. I mean, that second class of people, I tell you, they are the ones that go through hell and high waters because they are aware that God wants to use them. But guess what? Even though Cyrus was not a believer, God used him. Nebuchadnezzar, amen, who was not a believer, but God used him. Come on. <laughs> you, you understand? There are several people that God is using in our day. Amen. That are not aware that God is using them. Even those who think they are working against God. Amen. God is using them. Even the devil is being used of God. Think about that. Is it? Bible says, if the prince of this world knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he, he didn't know that amen, him, you know, you know, enraging and 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 being bitter and and challenging Christ and you know laying all kinds of schemes and wiles to say this man must be crucified. He didn't know that that was God's plan. <laughs> if he had knew, the Bible said, if they knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because crucifying him, amen, is taking the advancement, amen, of redemption forward. They didn't know that. You see, that knowledge should be well be establishing us. That we know that there are certain people, there are certain things that God is using amen, in the earth. That those who are, who are in charge, who are in control, they didn't know. I mean, I do not think that Mike, Mike uh, Zogovic, whatever his name is, the, the, the owner of uh, uh, Facebook. And, and I, I don't think in his widest imagination, he would ever believe that God will be using him. Hallelujah. To, you know, to, to advance the kingdom of God through this airwave. I'm, I'm sure in his wildest imagination, he would never have thought of that. He was thinking of creating something and making big bucks, making money. <laughs> yes, he's making money, but we are also advancing the kingdom of God. Are you getting the point that I'm making? So we need to have a bigger picture of what God is doing. God will use anything and anyone. He will use a donkey if he needs to use a donkey. He will use a lion if he needs to use a lion. Amen. To devour a prophet. Amen. That has, that has re rejected and disobeyed his voice. He will use, amen, an old prophet. Amen. To bring a young prophet into judgment. If you are not, uh, if you are not careful. Come on. He will use anything. Anything. And he's using anything. He will use, he will use your boss. He will use your husband. He will use your wife. He will use your children to speak to you. Come on. He will use your wife to train you. Amen all kinds of issues he will use your husband to unstrung you he will use whatever amen is within his reach as long as those things are instruments he will use them but that doesn't mean that he's he's pleased with those things uh -uh. that doesn't mean that he's happy with those things they're just but an instrument in a great house there are vessels <laughs> are you getting the point on the, you see such understanding has delivered me you know, from pain and from, you know, uh, 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 hatred and from, you know, anger and from, you know, regret. Because God will use whatever, whoever, <laughs> to advance his purpose in our life. All right. But if you are aware that God wants to use you, then you should be aware that God will use anything around you. Amen. To bring you into divine training. I'm not talking about training this morning. I'm talking about the place of prayer and intercession. Because prayer, amen, is important. We pray. But intercession we must make. Amen. Bible says Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession. To make, you have to have the skill. To make, you have to have the knowledge. You have to have the wisdom. You have to have the ingredients. You have to have, amen, the expertise, if you will, to make intercession. If you have to make anything, then you've got to have all the resources. You've got to have the capacity. You've got to have the knowledge, the understanding. Everything that is required for establishing that thing that, amen, you want to make. If there's an objective, amen, in intercession, then you've got to understand it. 
Intercession is not like you just pray. No, no, no. Intercession, amen, is making. You make it, you make it, hallelujah. And to make it, you've got to understand what God, you've got to understand the objective of the Father. You've got to know the mind of God. You've got to know his will for America. If you want to make intercession for America, you've got to know the intentions of God, the counsels of God, the will of God, hallelujah. If you want to make intercession, amen, for South Africa, you've got to have, amen, an understanding of the prophetic intentions of God for South Africa. If you want to make intercession, amen, for your children, for your family, for your husband, for your wife, for your business, you must know the intentions of God. Intercession must come, amen, from the bowels of the intentions of God or else you're just praying. You're not interceding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Intercession is work. Intercession is a is work. It's a full-time work. That's why I tell people I am an intercessor. I'm not an apostle. I am an intercessor with a prophetic office. That's my call. That's my ministry. It has always been. I'm not an apostle. I know my calling. I'm called to pray. I'm called to intercede. I'm called to stand on behalf of. I'm called to, I'm, I'm called to engage. I'm called to breach. I'm called to, to bring together, amen, that which heaven has established. I'm called to align the nations to the will of God. I'm called to establish the kingdom of God, the, the counsels of God, amen, in places that heaven had already, I mean, Jesus has already paid the price of redemption, but are we seeing redemption across the earth? No. So somebody will have to intercede. Somebody will have to bring people to that reality, to that awareness. Sometimes you have to go, you see, many of these jobs that ambassadors are doing, you know, those are the jobs that Christians ought to be doing. You go and mediate on behalf of nations. You, you know, you stand, you, 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 you release resource aid, you know, to places. Those are the job that we are given as the ecclesia. That, those are the assignments of the ecclesia. If you read that amen, Isaiah chapter 2, the Bible says the nations will stream up. They will be coming. Why would they be coming? Because amen, there are, there are dimensions within that structure amen, that is attracting people. Amen. You've established the will of God within that order. Amen. Now people are streaming there. Nations are streaming there. That is my job. That's my call. And those are the kind of people we want to see. People who have the same mind, the same passion, the same desire, the same hunger. Alright? Our, our, our use of the gift will have to be prepped up, will have to be advanced, but it all begins from the place Jesus, look at this. Jesus finally seated at the right hand of the Father. The right hand of the Father is a position of authority. <laughs> Whenever we talk about the right hand, we're talking about a position of authority. When they talk about the formation of the hand, they're talking about the formation of authority. But we don't just want authority. We want the full man. Amen. We want the full man to be formed. Now we are seeing, amen, the, the, the formation of the cloud like the hand of a man. Hitherto we have not seen the man. We have only seen the hand. Alabush, Kayande. Hear you the voice of God. We don't just want the authority. We know that there cannot be authority without, amen, the manifestation of the man. Yes. So two things can be happening. Is either, amen, they are downplaying the image of this man, saying this man is a faceless man. 
or they're saying this man himself, amen, is still forming because you can have authority. Guess what? A child of God that gets born again yesterday has an authority over the powers of darkness. <laughs> A child that gave his life, if you yesterday you gave your life to Jesus, you can bind and loose. You can you can do things in the earth. And you in fact you'll be shocking yourself. Did I, did, did I, that's why amen, we have to call you back and say, come, come. Jesus at the age of 12, he already had authority, he had government, he knew. But they said, No, you have not become a man yet. You have authority, but you have not become a man yet. He had to become a man for the fullness of the government to rest. <laughs> So his mother pulled his ears, come back home. I, I know you have a thought. I know you know this thing. But there are still things that needs to be built, that needs to be established, that needs to develop. When you give back to a child, <laughs> when you give back to a child, amen, the day you give back to a child, you don't see the child with two hands, you know, two fingers and two, two toes. They say, well, and maybe one, one, one side of the nose and maybe with one eye. Then you say, well, no, no, the child is still growing. No, no, no. When the child is born, every part of that child is developed. It's there. But that, that, those, those formed, you know, parts of the body needs to grow, needs to develop, needs to mature. You, you, you can't look at the child's, you know, uh, uh, say, well, what's going on? There's nothing here. No, no, no. Everything is there. It's just that it's not mature. The eyes are there. <laughs> The nose are there, the ears are there, at least if the if the child is not deformed child. Either to we have given back to deformed children, deformed children, and we call them children. No, no, no. It's not of God. If you give back a man to Ishmael, it's your problem. <laughs> Come on, friends. Everything is there. Authority is there. But the child must grow. And the Bible says, and the child grew in wisdom. And the child grew in strength and in wisdom. And he had favor before God and men. Are you getting this, friends? Authority is not about, it's not the issue. The authority is there. It's given to us. He's given us authority. But we need to grow. We need to develop to know how to use the authority. So, amen. <laughs> Using the authority itself does not become a problem to us. Because that's what we've seen. Amen. amen. In, in the former day, in the former church, in the former priesthood. We've seen people who abuse, who misuse the authority because they don't know how to handle the things of God. They have the gift and they did powerful things. They built things. They, they built things that would dwarf amen, other people. I mean, when other ministries will look at what these people have built, if you, if you want to say, oh, heaven has called us into newness and you want to try to outdo what those people have done in the past, you will commit suicide. Because many of those people, they build things that you will never be able to build. Not because God doesn't want you to build it. Because they built it to such a level that, listen to this. You will be asking yourself, where do you start from? Except the Lord wants you to build it. You won't be able to. In a day where certain churches are like stadium. They are like stadium. The building, the structure itself. When they tell you what it takes to run that church in a month. You're talking about millions just to keep that structure alone. Then you think you want to go and outdo that one. You must be out of your brain. <laughs> what God is calling us into is a different order of building. It's a different order of structure. Hallelujah. This is a structure of the spirit. You know, in the days of Jesus, he didn't have to invest in buildings and all of this. Thing. And I'm not saying those things are not important. I'm just saying the way we, we did it. 
that's not our priority. If if buildings and all of these things that the people are doing today were the priorities of Jesus, he would have done those things. Is our example. There were things that the scripture deliberately not expressed because they were not amen, issues. If you listen to this, if you're a carrier of the life of God, I want to ask you, what building do you need? If you carry life, you carry fire. Buildings will be opening up for you. I'm just thinking aloud. This is how I think. I'm not saying those who are building buildings are not. No, if I have, if God gives me the resource, I will build myself. But I'm saying, even if I build, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to stay there because that's not where my heart is. I'm just telling you. I'm just sharing my heart. You see, there are things that are called a more excellent way. There are good things, but that is what is called. Um, he said, "Behold, I show you a more excellent way." Why would you build a building you can't walk away from? Why would you build something that you cannot walk away from? Then that thing owns you. You are not the owner. That thing has owned you. Is that not what we have built? We build ministry that we cannot walk away. Because what we have built is what defines us. Not the life we have in Christ. Not the light we carry in Christ. Not the grace that we carry. Everywhere he went... Not where he stayed. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. Everywhere. So the goodness of Christ was a mobile one, was a movement. The, 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 the things that Jesus was doing, hallelujah, was not static. It was not static. Everywhere he went. So if you want to see goodness, start moving. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. Why? Because God was with him. If God is with you in this point, why won't he be, be with you at that point, at that place? If you are looking for some permanent site to build just to impress people, not in this new day. It's not going to work. I'm just a voice of one. Let's understand what God is doing in our day. We are called to intercede and we want to intercede for the nations. There's a lot of resource waiting for us out there to, to use to advance the purposes of God. But if we don't have the life, if we don't have what it takes, if we don't have what is attracting people to us so that we can point them to God, listen to this, then we're not ready yet. You see, if you read that, you know, uh, um, 1 Kings uh, 18, you notice that when God finally sent uh, uh, the prophet Elijah, amen, he said, go confront, go, go confront, amen, Ahab. The first thing that he did, of course, is, is, is that he instructed Ahab. He said, go gather the nations, go gather, you know, the, the people. Come meet me in Mount Carmel, amen. The Bible says that when they got to Mount Carmel, Elijah did something. He spoke to the people. He said, why are you between two? Why, don't, why can't you guys make up your mind? Why can't you guys make up your mind? If God is God, serve him. If he's Baal, serve him. The Bible says they said nothing. They did not even respond to this man that God spoke to. You know why? Because people have not seen anything about God in his life yet. They just see words. All you're saying, Elijah, is words. Jezebel too has been speaking, but we can see what Jezebel have done. <laughs> Three, and a, three, three years you've been in hiding. Suddenly you, you come out and you're telling us to come join you. No, you must be out of your brain. Elijah, sorry. The Bible says they did not respond to him. 
I'm talking about making intercession this morning, friends. There are a couple of things I really want to draw your attention to as we track this, you know, a, a powerful spiritual principle. Oh, thank you, Father. In 1 Kings 18, I'll take you from verse 20, 27. The people are not going to respond to us because, you see, the battle is about the soul of the people. The reason why God said go confront Ahab is because God wants to deal with something, amen, that is illegitimate in the land. An illegitimate gov gov government, an illegitimate position of authority, and, and a, a, a position that has allowed witchcraft and manipulation and fear and control, amen, to define the order of the day must be confronted. So God said go confront Ahab. So he, he, he did went to confront Ahab and in verse uh, um, 18, of course, Elijah spoke to the people. Let, let me, excuse me, verse uh, 27. I'm going to read 1 Kings. I want to, let, let me, let me, let me, okay, let me read first. Then I'll tell you what I want to do. 1 Kings 18, 27 says, at afternoon, Elijah began to, you know, to, to taunt, you know, them. That's the, the first prophets began to taunt the, began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a God, perhaps he is, he is deep amen, in thoughts or busy or has traveled. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with sword and spears. I mean, how do you serve such a God? This is how they're trying to appease their God by killing themselves. How do you appease a God by killing your own self? By killing your own children. How, how, how does that make sense? But this is how they are trying to appease. If Baal is going to answer them. The Bible says. They slash themselves with sword. And with, and with spears. As, as, as it was their custom. So imagine this horror. Taking place in the entire nation of Israel. What a, what a state of adultery. Idolatry. What a state of idolatry in the land. And there are certain people today now, they're going to be talking about, I'm sure it's even, was it, is it today now, they're going to be talking about Halloween. And they're going to be doing all kinds of, all kinds of things, creating all kinds of memes. All right. And, and be inviting children to, to be part of these things. Please, I beg of you, don't join them. Or else you'll be inviting, you'll be opening doors into your life that you'll never be able to deal with. Don't dress your children in Halloween nonsense thing. That's an easy way, amen, of opening the door of your life to satanic spirit, demonic spirit. The Bible says in verse uh, 29, Mid they passed and they continue in their frantic prophesying. What were they doing? Listen to this. They continue in their, in their, in their frantic prophesying. All of those acts, all right, was to steer a spirit because prophesying is also steering the spirit of God, amen, to move, to, 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 to do something, to speak. So we're seeing a powerful principle here, all right? People can be prophesying, amen, but by, by a wrong spirit, by a wrong dimension. This is the word of the Lord I'm just reading here. By their frantic prophesying, those acts, 
those things that we're doing there are certain things that people will be doing you would think indeed they are giving prophecy you don't know that amen they are actually releasing a false a foul spirit a false spirit a negative spirit amen an awful spirit amen a, a foul spirit into the air into the atmosphere in their frantic prophesying check the scripture this is first kings 18 29 at midday as as midday passed they continue in their frantic prophesying until the time of evening sacrifice this is the dimension that the people have have, have released into the spiritual atmosphere of the nation of israel in their frantic prophesying and this is a day where we believe god to give us clarity into the true spirit amen of prophecy and prophesying we want to believe God to have clear understanding. All right. So people are not using the spirit of omen, and the, people are not using familiar spirit. And people are, because all kinds of things are happening today. And like I've said before, if we're not careful, if we don't have the right spiritual footing and foundation in the word of God, we will be deceived. The Bible says, if the days are not cut short, even the very elect will be deceived. Things that people will be doing and they'll be saying that will sound genuine, that will look authentic. Meanwhile, the spirit behind it is false. In their frantic prophesying. Let me continue. The Bible says they continue until the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. You see, God had already judged Baal. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Before, when they do these things, when they do this thing before, there's, there's always a response. You know why? Because God allowed them. But when God is ready for judgment, he will shut down. He will dry up, amen, their source of falsehood. He will dry it up. He makes sure, amen, that he had dealt with Baal. What they call Baal. The demon Baal they worship. God dealt with that spirit. They didn't see it. They didn't know it. They said, they said they would do the, the way they used to do, cutting themselves because this spirit loves blood. You know, when I, one of the first things that came, that came to my mind when I came to South Africa, I said to myself, there is a spirit in this nation that loves blood and is a spirit of Baal. And that spirit is connected to the economy. That's why at a particular, at a particular season in the year, all right, you will see a lot of people in South Africa just die like chicken. Now you ask yourself, what is going on? You know, you can connect crime to the spirit of Baal. Because crime, you know, is, is, is a wicked spirit that, that loves blood. Whenever you see crime, amen, rife in the place, whenever you see the spirit of crime, the spirit of suicide, but the spirit of shedding blood, you know, it's it's amazing when you when you listen to news, the kind of heinous crime people are committing in this country. Somebody will chop up, you know, another person's private part, they will cut somebody's head, you know, things that normally you will watch in a movie and you will say, wow, no, horror things are happening in this nation. And that's why I'm saying that we cannot address a principality. We cannot address a, 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 a satanic activity within the realm if we don't know, if we have not, if we have not engaged the heart of God to show us. One of the first things you must understand in, 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 in the spirit of intercession is to first of all, amen, first of all, gain knowledge. You must gain knowledge before you open your mouth to pray. Prayer is not the first thing. 
When I told you that you need to pray first, no, 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 no. It's not the prayer. It's not the, for, the first thing is to gain the mind of God. And you start gaining the mind of God by saturating your own mind. Because God will not speak to a mind that is confused. God will not speak to a mind that is, you know, you know, in and out. You're, you're, you're scattered all around. How can God speak? Even when God is speaking to you, you cannot hear. So they have to bring your mind to quietness. They have to sit you down. You have to learn to sit with the word of God. Because there's something that the word of God does. The word of God is therapeutic. The word of God cleanses you. The word of God removes all those, you know, ungodly things that have been sown. You know, the word of God realigns your mind, your thoughts. Aha! Once that foundation is built, all right, then God can begin to speak to you regarding places, regarding things, regarding, you know, people. Yes, yes. That's how God moves. There are things people still do not know regarding this nation. And people are praying. There are one million man match. There are 500 million. There are all kinds of prayer intercession going on. But people don't have understanding because the devil has sent them on a goose, goose chase. They are running after things amen, that are not aligning to the heart of God. And people are giving all kinds of prophecy. Because amen, they are hearing what they want to hear. But if you sit with the word of God. If you sit with the word of God. If you sit with the word of God. The word of God start. You see. There is nothing that aligns your thoughts. Faster and better than the word of God. Ch try it. The word of God is therapeutic. You want healing. Start reading. Just start meditating. Read the word of God. Saturate your environment with the, with the word of God. Just let the word of God saturate. Very soon your mind, amen, will start aligning back to the right thing. Before you know it, you start hearing God. Wow. Yes. The word of God is the portal into the mind of the spirit. Wherever you are, if you want to know what God is saying regarding that domain, that realm, that location that you... That, start, start studying the word of God and start maybe reading books or material that speaks along in a prayer that speaks along you know spiritual development i'm not even talking about you know warfare no just about spiritual development you just want to develop you see your spirit man first must be developed that's the beginning point and it's not just the beginning it's a continuous you know state of your spiritual walk with god your spirit must constantly develop if your spirit is not developing and you're trying to handle you know spiritual things you're going to crash a lot of people, they love revelation. Like I was saying in the article I wrote yesterday. <clears throat> people love revelation. You know why they love revelation? Because they are insecure of their own spiritual state. So they like what that man of God has said. They like what that apostle has said. They like what that prophet has said. Amen. And they even portray, they show it as if they said it. And I'm asking myself, of course, I've always talked about things like this. Why are people doing that? You know, I discover it's because people are insecure of their own spiritual state. We all are not in the same state. You cannot, you cannot, you know, take a word from another man of God, amen, and post it on your own site as if you are the one saying it. Or secondly, you cannot go take the word of God, amen, from another man of God and declare it while that word has not changed you, has not ministered to you. But you're trying to create, you know, you know, a, 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 a flare that you, you've matured. No, your, your maturity is not defined by, amen, the quality of the word. The, your maturity is defined by the quality of your spirit. <laughs> you see, you see, I'm preaching now. I don't have any, any note before me. Not like I don't have a note. I do have notes. But this thing is embedded. 
Many of the things that I'm doing right now have been embedded in me, you know, some 20 years ago. <laughs> some, you know, almost 20, 25 years ago, you know, there was a period in my life I just sat, I sat in the world. Sometimes for hours, hours, you just sit there. You sit there. And then you walk away, you come back. You sit there. They were teaching you, preparing you for a journey. Nobody sees you at that period in time. Nobody knows what God is doing in your life at that period in time. Don't seek to be known. Hide yourself. When you hide yourself, if when your time comes, heaven will announce you. <laughs> this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Ministry is not looking for platform. Ministry is engaging with God in the secret place. It's learning to make intercession all by yourself. <laughs> I'll teach you. I'll teach you. That's why I'm here. I'll teach you. It's not seeking. No. I mean hiding. In my hiding place here in the place called Franjuk, where nobody even knows where I am. Listen to me. People are beginning to locate me. All kinds of connections. Please, we want you to do this for us. We want you. <laughs> I'm still here hiding and I'll still be in hiding. It is the Lord that announces his own. When you seek to announce yourself when God has not begun to finish his work in you. Listen to this. You set yourself up for destruction. The enemy is coming for you. Ministry is not in the color. It is God that calls. Ministry is not in the color. It is God that calls. It is he who appoints you. Man can give you a color. Man can give you a Bible and say, now we have ordained you into the minister of a prophet, into the minister of an apostle. Now we have made you, God knows what. You know why? In fact, you know why most people in churches, they make them dickens and dickiness, you know why? Because one, those people are rich. So you give them those positions to pin them down. There were people when I was a pastor, the Lord told me, now I never ask you to ordain this one. So please remove, remove the burden you place on them. <laughs> yeah, remove the burden. You set people free. People must be free. They must locate their own voice. That's, how, that's, that's what I'm saying. You must find your own voice. As I'm speaking right now, don't run with what Isaiah said. Find your voice within the voice of Isaiah. Find your own voice. If you want to quote Isaiah to people, quote Isaiah. Say, I know a man of God that I'm, I'm following. He said this thing. Don't say it as if you said it. If you do that, you will never grow in the things of the Spirit. And if you're doing that to other men of God, you will never grow in the things of the Spirit. Because you're telling us that you're insecure, you're immature, and you are looking for platforms. As much as I love ministry, I love what God is doing, I don't run around. <laughs> you know, you people ask me, have you been to this place? You're in Cape Town, huh? There's a conference coming up. I don't go anywhere except the Lord send me. I don't go nowhere. I'm in my house. I'm in my house here. I don't drive. I don't go anywhere. No, I'm just here. I'm engaging with God and reaching the nations. <laughs> I don't go anywhere. If I need to go out, I go with my family. We go out, that's all. I, I don't go to no ministry. I don't go. You say, oh, don't you believe in that? I believe in ministry. When God wants me to relate with somebody, he will create the avenue and he will create the opportunity. But I don't run around. If you know me, you will know that's, that's me. I don't run around. You always find me in my house. Because my house is the open portal. It's the place where heaven wants me to engage with the nations. I'm dealing with something. I'm dealing with a, a spirit this morning. Halalaboshanda. Let's cut that serpent's head. Let's cut that Jezebel. That, that, that Jezebel's neck. Let's cut it off. 
Let's not announce ourselves when heaven says, bury yourself. You see, we're dealing with making intercession. You have to, the heaven will have to wrestle you first of all. There will be nothing of yourself left. Then they have something to work with. Then they have something to work with. If you are still doing things, even if you're running ministry just to, to prove a point, you know, you want to. No, no, no. No. I'm as, I'm as, I'm as restful as, as rest. <laughs> I don't run after. If you invite me to preach and you tell me, we just want you to speak for 10 minutes. I will speak for 9 minutes and I'll give you the microphone by the 10th minute. I will not go beyond that. Because it's not how long you speak that matters. It is the life of God that you release that matters. I'm not here to impress people. No, I will never. That, that died decades ago. The more Jesus was hidden, when the time came, they brought him out. It's a principle. Being hidden doesn't mean that you are redundant. There's a ministry that people are not seeing. Because people think that when you are hidden, when you are just, you know, you know, just there. People think, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. That's the best time of your life. I just finished two materials. Two materials. The last one, I'm working on it. One I've already sent to a man of God just to have a read. In this hiding place. Somebody asked me, are you going to publish it? I said, publish where? <laughs> We're going to put it out there. Hallelujah. To bless the nations. We have people following us from different parts of the world. They don't even know who I am. But they are, they are coming back to the they are coming back to the nest. We have a nest called him. The Potter's Gate, you know, uh, 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 blog. People are coming back. They are nesting there. People are building all kinds of things. Keep eating. Keep eating. Keep eating. The journey is still far. Yes. This material that I've that I've that, that, that is my latest one took me about three months just to put together. Almost six, sometimes six, seven hours investing every day. What are we doing? It's the way of raising quality people for God. If you, you think I'm looking for, I want to publish a book so that, you know, I can say to people, oh, oh, yeah, here is my latest book. Who is doing that in the 21st century? Every book right now, amen, is, is digital. You see, all of this one is show, is show. Thank God for people who wrote it. If for their day it was good. But anyone publishing a book right now, you've got to put it digital. I don't want to waste money start pre publishing a book. No, who reads it? A book you can download in your, in your, in your tablet. My book, you, you guys, you know you're reading it. You download it in your tablet. You read it. The thing we will read out for you. You don't need to bother you so much about, you know, reading. You know, you read it. The if you, you rewind it, hear it again. Quality we're talking about. And there is no material that people are writing today that can stand the things that God is speaking to us. Downloading into my spirit. Some of the things I jump when I'm right, I jump. I, 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 Lord, heaven is speaking. Who wants to hear? Nobody's trying to impress. Gone are the days. Oh, that man has, is an author. He's, he's, he's written five, ten books. So what does that supposed to mean? Does that supposed to make me shake? The fig leaves are drying up. If you don't get it today, you will get it two years time or three years time. You will, get, you will understand. <laughs> what is he talking about? This babbler, this 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 noise maker. What is it? Um, yes, I like the noise. I like my own noise. 
Because I, li- I am the best listener of my own noise. You think I'm just preaching for you alone? I also preach for myself. When I'm done, I sit down, I listen, I say, yes, Lord, I receive that word. It's a double-edged sword. As he's cutting you, he's cutting me too. We don't preach to impress people. We don't preach to score. I don't. If I need to say something, I don't use social media. I say it the way it's, we, the way we need to say it. You see, when you are dead, when you have, when you have become a carrier of the cross, you are not afraid to stand before men. You're not afraid. I've learned from from that young prophet who was sent and allowed an old prophet to cause him to, you know, to disobey God. I've learned from that. While I'm respecting you, sir, I'm respecting you, ma, I will tell you, thus hear the Lord. Without blinking my eyes twice. Because I've known that no man makes me. My, my life or death is not in anyone's hand. It's in the hand of, the, of him who called me. So I'm not afraid of anyone. I, I honor and I respect people, but I'm not afraid of no one. Because nobody gave me life. Nobody birthed me into this world. Not even my own mother. No. I respect people. But when it comes to the things of God, we have to say it the way it is. You see, they say, you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. This is how truth sets you free. The moment you compromise the truth, you have, you have, you have, you have deprived the truth of power to set free. The moment, the moment you compromise truth, you, you, you have reduced, you have compromised the power to set. He said, he said the word of God has no power because of your tradition. You make the word of God non-effect because of your tradition. There are all kinds of things. As you as you are speaking, people will be projecting all kinds of spirit. Don't say that thing. If you say that, I'm going to be angry with you. Oh, you better be angry with me. Because we're going to say it. We're going to say it. That is what set people free. Listen to this. Jesus said, all this one that come to me is because my father draw them. The people that the father has not drawn will not come. Most of you that are following me is because the father drew you. Not because you love this Isaiah. What is this crazy Isaiah? <laughs> what is he talking about? Yeah, but they say, you, they, he's saying something that makes sense to you. Yes. Every, every minister of the gospel has a unique ministry and a unique way he must deliver. That's why I cannot sound like T.D. Jakes. I cannot sound like a, a, a Bishop uh, 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 Tudor Bismarck. I cannot sound like God knows who. I, I don't want to sound like nobody. This is me. This is raw. This is Isaiah Phillips. When you see me move, when you see me jump, if you see me as if I'm going, yes, that's Isaiah Phillips. Uh, uh, a part of Isaiah Phillips is the stammering. Yes, it's part of me. No, no, not understanding the language, but trying to pick the right. Yes, it's, it's a it's a full package. I'm not a polished preacher. I'm not trying to mesmerize you with eloquence. No. Paul said, did I come to you in trying to appease you with some eloquence? I came to you in the demonstration of the power of the gospel. It has not failed. It has never failed. 
I'm talking about making. You see, what I'm doing, I'm building your spirit man. Yes, your soul will be fighting. Let it fight. But you will tell the soul, be quiet. I must hear the voice of God. So be quiet. Let the word of God change you. Yes, you must speak to your soul. I speak to my soul. If you don't, you better learn it. It's a good therapy. So be quiet. <laughs> it was David that said, why are you so downcast on my soul? Put your trust in the Lord. In a day where humanism and liberalism and capitalism has taken over the brain of people in the church, we have to wake up with a new order of apostolic governmental declaration so that people can be free. Or else we will all be going through the same mountain and then we call it new. <laughs> 40 years they were rounding the same mountain. But they gave it a different name. They gave it a different title. They, you see, we know how to package. We have, we have perfected the act of packaging things in the church. We present it to the people. We sell it to them. You see, this guy have nothing to sell. The only thing I do, I buy the truth and we sell it not. Buy the truth and sell it not. This is, this is the heart of God. What are you doing? I say, I'm making intercession. When we build this kind of spiritual understanding on the inside of you, when you lift your hands and you start to pray, something will flow out of you that you yourself, you'll be shocked. You would, it's like you jump out of yourself. Did I say that? Yes. The quality of life you present to God is the quality amen, of revelation that will pour into you in the experience of the ascended one. Have you ever read certain people's book or you listen to them and you ask yourself, I'm actually, am, am I born again? Have I, do, do I actually understand the things of God? You ask yourself, where did these people get this thing from? <laughs> the same source. It's the same source. They don't have, you know, a special place. You know, in, in the things of God, there are no special class. No, no, no. You define how far you want to go with God. What effort are you putting into the things of God? What effort are you putting? How far do you want to go? How far do you want to go? When we understand what God is doing in our life, we'll rest. I didn't finish that scripture. Let's see if we can, if we can quickly finish that. Uh, uh, Kings 18. I was trying, I, I came to this point just to make a point. <laughs> when Elijah, you know, got to the land, he called the people. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't respond to him. There were, there, there were two times that Elijah called the people. The first time they didn't respond. Now let's look at let's look at the scripture again. First uh, Kings eighteen. Let's take that 30, 20, uh, twenty-nine again. Meet they passed, and they continue in their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. <laughs> no one paid attention. <laughs> then verse thirty. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him. 
The first time Elijah called them, they did not respond to him. You can read that. When you start from reading from verse, you know, from verse 1 all the way, you will see. They didn't, re they didn't really respond. Now, when they've seen that the, 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 the prophets of Baal, have, you know, something, Baal did not respond. The Bible says, then Elijah called the people. Then Elijah said to all the people, come close, come here to me. They came and he repaired the altar. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins. We can't make intercession if the altar is still in ruins. Let me quickly you know, pull this scripture while I'm holding on to it. James chapter 5. James chapter 5 verse 17 says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain. Why did he pray earnestly that it did not rain? Amen. First of all, the, way, the reason why he was able to pray earnestly, first of all, the altar had been destroyed, had been ruined. Secondly, he had to pray earnestly because he needed to reveal the judgment of God to a people that have switched to a wrong voice. Honest prayer is not hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Karaba, karaba. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Shanda, shanda. That's not honest prayer. <laughs> I hope that's not how your prayer sound. <laughs> you know, that's not honest prayer. Honest prayer is, is a description of the same kind of prayer we saw Jesus pray in Gethsemane. That the Bible says, amen. His sweat was almost likened to that of a blood. He's, he prayed until he began to perspire. He prayed until every dimension of his life is like his, his body began to to, you know to tear you know have you prayed to the point that you faint i've prayed that kind of prayer i prayed to the point that there was no longer strength in me to pray again i prayed everything out of my i pr i prayed every strength that i had and i was just on the floor God wants to see a people who can groan before him. You know, when we take the things of God for granted, prayer becomes secondary. Intercession becomes a thing of the past. When we begin to take the things of God for granted, one way you will quickly know that you're no longer working with God is through your prayer life. Your prayer life is the barometer of your spirituality. Write it down. That you can post, I permit you, wherever you want to post it, post it. Your, your prayer life is the barometer of your spirituality, of your journey, of your location. The prayer life. No matter the revelation you have, if your revelation does not equate your prayer, your sense of prayer. Remember that prayer is not just an act. Prayer is first a location of your heart. The act is basically an expression of where your heart is. Are you getting this? 
prayer is amen the secondary aspect of prayer is what you say the primary aspect of prayer is what your is where your heart is where your heart is you see jesus was here on earth doing ministry but his heart was with the father his heart was with the father his heart was with the father but his heart was among among people oh come on If you want your prayer life to be effective, if you want to have a strong intercessory life, you know, people say, oh, that, that person is an intercessor. No, no, no. Let me hear your heart. Let me hear what you're saying. Let me hear your heart. Your heart will tell me if you're in, don't tell me you're praying. No, no. I just want to hear your heart. You talk, then I will listen. When I hear you talk, I will know, ah, that's a, that's a woman of God. That's a man of God. Nobody's a man, a man of God, a woman of God, if they don't have a prayer life. What sustains our gift is our prayer life. And we don't have a prayer life if our altar is in ruin. If our, if our altar is in ruin, <laughs> we don't have a prayer life. Because our prayer must ascend via the altar. And we've, talking about, we've, we've spoken about the altar. We've spoken, amen, about the altar. Your ability to exercise authority, to penetrate the heavens, are within the structures of the altar. So if Jezebel destroys your altar, you're done. You're finished. You're just making noise. <laughs> I don't care many people is praying. If the altar has been destroyed, because the altar speaks of unism, unity. It speaks of power. It speaks of government. It speaks of amen, the apostolic life. It speaks of the four corners amen, of the activities of God in the earth. The altar speaks of so many things. It speaks of the place of divine approval. The fire, there's fire there. Amen. There's sacrifice there. The Bible says, Amen. It called the people. Elijah called the people and he repaired the altar that has been ruined. Who ruined the altar? That's a question I'm asking you. Who ruined the altar of God in the land? Who ruined the altar of God in our community? Who you see, people are building churches, but they're not building altars. <laughs> That's a revelation. I've said this before. For all I care, the devil doesn't mind that we build churches as long as those churches are not translated to altars. And I hope you understand that altar is not that thing you put at the back of the church with two candlelights and, a, you know, uh, uh, and uh, what do you call it now? In a stick, you, you call it the crucifix and all those nonsense things that we do. And those, those shrine, an altar is not a shrine. Aye! Many have built shrines, but they've, they've yet to build the altar of God. Cannot can puncture more of our religious spirit. Some people build shrines. They even, they even craft, you know, the, the Ark of the Covenant. You know, with the, with the two angels, with the two cherubims. And they, and, they, and they craft this thing. Some even went as far as spraying it with gold. And when you look at that thing, you say, wow, God must be here. It's a shrine. It's not an altar. A lot of crazy people today 
in our city, the name of building churches. And when you build shrine, you invite the devil. When you build shrine, you you are <laughs> the devil amen, is invited to the house. He will dance with he will dance with your people. If they're dancing Makosa, he will dance Makosa. If it's Jerusalem, they will dance it there together. Whatever they will do it all there. As long as it's a shrine. The moment you start building altar, the devil is he, <laughs> on his way. He tells, boys, let's leave here. These people are crazy. They're building altar. <laughs> no one that they were about to kill amen, the people of God. When, when they went back to the land and they began to build the altar. Read about it. We've talked about it. You know, in Zechariah chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. And if you go to the book of Ezra. Will tell you about the concept of the restoration amen, of the rebuilding of the altar of God. Nice to have you, Sister Audrey. I was thinking about you yesterday. In fact, I said I was going to call you. I hope you're doing well. It was a tug of war to build God's altar back because the devil knows. You can read it in Zechariah chapter 3. You can read it. No, no, excuse me. Ezra chapter 3. You can read it there. Why, why is building an altar an issue? It's just an altar. It's not just an altar. It's the place of the establishment of the government of God. <laughs> they knew it. But the devil doesn't mind us build shrine. You see, most churches are shrine. We build all kinds of things. Everything is, I mean, crazy. You see, I'm, sometimes I remember we, I went to this apostles church. One of the so-called apostles in, in Western Cape. He's got this big, this big, you know, uh, 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 cherubim. This, you know, wooden structure. Do you think a wooden structure of a cherubim can replace? Don't you read the scripture? The scripture says you do not make anything. You don't form anything that is a resemblance of the things that the Spirit of God asks Moses to do. Didn't you read it in the scripture? And I'm seeing men of God following this person. Are you guys so blind? That's why I say these people, they don't read the scripture. If you read the scripture, you need somebody to accurately help you to interpret it. After all, amen, the Ethiopian Enoch was reading. He was an intelligent man. Amen. He was a he, he was, I mean, he was a wise man. He, I mean, this guy is is a is a minister. He is educated, but he is blind to the things of the spirit. That's why Isaiah Phillips is here to help people have clarity, precise interpretation to the things of the spirit. Some people who even have pictures. They say it's a picture of Jesus. Have you seen Jesus before? <laughs> the closest to the closest you will know amen, of, of the of, of you know of, of the pigmentation of Jesus, of the his skin tonation is close to, to an Arab, bl almost black in color. Jesus is not a white, you know, it's not this white thing that we have. And I'm not trying to be funny, I'm just saying. <laughs> are you, are you getting, we have a different all kinds of images and ideas they build all kinds of images in the mind of people they sh listen to this the shrine is not just in our physical local assembly the shrine is in the mind 
We all have an image of how church should be. How church should look. What song we should sing. We all have an idea of the message. That, I mean, how can you say it's the things of the spirit? But you have your own expectation how things must go. How the service must go. You know, one way I began to fight this spirit of, of religion in churches. While I, was a, while I was a pastor back then. By the time the people get to church, I have rearranged the old chair. <laughs> crazy me. I was crazy back then. I rearranged. Sometimes, you know, people just want the chair to, the chairs to face one, you know, one direction. And everybody know where they must come and sit. So, there was a particular day. I removed all the chairs. I threw them out. I was crazy as a pastor. I was dealing with things. I was, I was cracking down. I told you, I lost a lot of people. <laughs> They said, this guy's too crazy. They left. Yes. You have to be brutal with religious spirit. You have to be brutal with religious spirit. They left. So you can live. You can live. Imagine, imagine Jesus walking to the temple. Took out a whip. We don't know how he got the whip. <laughs> but the Bible says, he whipped the people out. Said, don't turn my father's house. We know that he wasn't talking about the physical temple. He was talking about their act within the location of where they call the house of God. He, 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 he threw them out. He flogged them out. He said, you have turned it. And that's what we are doing. We're turning amen, sacred things amen, to shrine. We're turning sacred things amen, to a child's play, to game. We're turning it amen, to, to, you know, to a, a place of lies and deceit. We're turning it to, you know, to cartoon center, to entertainment center, all kinds of things. Listen to this. I love to entertain myself. If you want to get entertained, you should not be in the church. Church should be a place where you sit down, you talk about intelligent things. Imagine. Imagine in the whole nation they've got a place that is called Pentagon. Pentagon in America. From Pentagon they can destroy the entire world just by pressing buttons. When you go to Pentagon, you don't go there and play. That's not a place to do pleasantry. That is listen, you can go out of Pentagon, do whatever or do whatever you want to do, but the moment you enter Pentagon, listen, it is serious. You're dealing with classified things. You're dealing with intelligence. That is what church is. Church ought to be a reflection, extension of a pentagon. When you enter that place, it's business. It's a place where you talk about serious things. Things that will impact, amen, the next generation. Things that will touch, amen, that will, that will, that will change, that ought to change how we do things, how we do business, how we engage with government, how we engage with powers that be. That's church. Is the ecclesia of God. It's not a place for play and joke. And all these things that we do. And we become so, 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 so pious. So religious. We can't even express ourselves. Because we must just follow one direction. No, in Pentagon, can you see? Everybody have their seat. That's how Pentagon is. In the, you sit. That's the concept of King Arthur. In King Arthur's day, Amen. He made a round table. Everybody have a say in the house. Because there's a commonality of goal. There's a commonality of vision. It's not one person at up there. <laughs> you know. And we are down here. That's not leadership. 
If you're still doing leadership like that in this 21st century, you're going to be alone and you're going to be left lonely. Jesus taught us how to build a church. And he taught us, if you know how to build a church, you can build any system in the earth. Because the church will work in any dimension. In the world of pharmacy. In the world of aeronautic engineering. In the world of you know, uh, uh, manufacturing. In the world amen, of food business. In any world. In hospital business. Wherever you're filled. If you know how to build the church of Christ. You will excel. You will succeed. Because the church is not just a structure. The church is a system that defines how the structures of life ought to be governed. Ought to be built. Elijah Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly. We're tracking this prayer of Elijah. Prayer, prayer is engagement. Prayer is interaction. Prayer amen, is a dialogue. Prayer is a, is a connection waiting amen, to be connected. Prayer is, 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 is a force that is advancing. Prayer is also listening, is waiting, is hearing. Prayer is agreement. Prayer is disagreeing. Prayer is allowing. Prayer is nullifying. Prayer is establishing. Prayer is creating things. And prayer is destroying. You've got to know all the times and, and the seasons of the expressions of God for your life in the place of prayer. If you don't know this, then you don't know what God is calling for. So what are you doing? <laughs> There's certain prayer. You pray, you wait, you listen. Okay? Then you know what to pray again. Aren't we glad that in the seasons like this where people are becoming crazy, people are losing it. For lack of vision, people are throwing in caution and throwing in, you know, throwing off their restraint that we have a day where we can be, we can be aligned, we can be disciplined. He whom the Father loves, he disciplines, he chastises, he corrects, he aligns. You know, I woke up this morning with a scripture, and I, in fact, I've not touched that scripture. God said. In, in that day, I will put my laws in their heart. I will put my laws. In fact, maybe I should, I should, I should read it while, while, while the thought just came to me. You see, that's how God speaks to me. When I wake up, before, just before I wake up in the morning, the Lord drops a word. He drops a scripture. And that becomes the tone of the day. That, that sets the pattern for me. You see. So my, my night, my night is important. How I go to bed is important. Because how you go to bed will define how you're going to wake up. Go, with, go to bed with your mind termaka, like they say here. <laughs> your mind is, oh, oh. You'll be, you be confused. You don't, even when God is speaking, you don't know. Going to track the scripture. I'm still going to come back later on. My, my, my intention was just for us to have this time of defining and maybe praying defining intercession and praying and then come back and maybe just look at this point again because we're still in the day where we are tracking amen what is called the newness of the day the newness of the day the new day we're tracking this concept amen we want to understand we want to be able to be part of 
those people that have successfully made it into the new day. Not everybody will make it into the new. Even though newness has been proclaimed upon the earth, upon the church. But unfortunately, not everybody who left Egypt entered the promised land. You agree with me? Not everybody. Not everyone, hallelujah, who went to, uh, 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 to Babylon came back secure amen, in their priesthood. Some people lost their priesthood. They, they were lost in Babylon. So we have to successfully enter into this new day. We can't just be talking about it and be parroting it. Every aspect of our life must be gravitated into the newness of the day. We must be compliant to amen, the voice of the new day. We have to respond to the demand of the new day. We have to courageously amen, align ourselves, our life to the reality of the new day. And that is what we've been tracking for a while. I don't know for how long we're going to be tracking this, but let's continue. As long as the Spirit of God is still speaking to us about the new day, we will accept it. These are all principles of the economy of God for the new day. In every season, God has an economy, amen, that he releases within the earth, that his people, that his ecclesia, hallelujah, must walk with. Within the economy of God, amen, are the administrations and the resource to administer, amen, that economy. It's called dispensation. This is a time, this is a season where certain things are being dispensed. Thank you, Father. Where certain things are being dispensed in the earth, where certain realities, certain people are being dispensed. Don't you understand that the economy of God are people? The grace, the resource, the wisdom, the knowledge, amen, that we have imbibed, that we have come to know and have come to become is what God uses to dispense his grace. Jesus was just a man, hallelujah, that the things of God walk in and walk through, hallelujah, who, who, who reflected the intentions of God in the earth. So we want to understand all of the things that heaven is saying to us. In this new day. We don't want to run ahead. That's why we're starting from the place. Of repairing the altar. I told us before. The place of repairing the altar. Is the place where we get to reconnect. Back to heaven. You know a few months ago. I think it was Israel. And I'm not sure. Was it Bahrain. Or one of these uh, uh, country. I mean. They, 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 their, their relationship got to be. You know rebuilt again. They reconnected again. They reconnected and for, 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 for decades, you know, this other, you know, uh, 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 um, Arab world have, have not flown into Israel. For the first time, all right, you know, their plane landed in Israel. And, you know, there was, a, there was a time of celebration and, you know, all kinds of bilateral talk. That's what happens. When there's a reconnection, there's a, there's a, there's a reestablishment of economy. There's a reestablishment of policy and, and all kinds of things, politics, and people then can travel. In fact, now I was told that, you know, I'm not sure if it's Bahrain, but one of these, you know, uh, Arab world, now they, they have free pass into Israel. You know, they, 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 their people can fly into Israel without having a passport and Israeli also can fly back. You see, that is an established reconnection, you know, of a policy between two nations. Two nations that don't talk to each other, you know, you know, but now through the, of course, through the, you know, the, the, you know, the administration of Donald Trump, that was established. 
and we thank God for things like that. That's a beautiful thing that we should consider. But that too, I'm just looking at that as a prototype of amen. When we when we rebuild the altar in accordance to divine pattern, all right, we reconnected back. We are reconnected back, amen, to heaven. When you are reconnected back to heaven, you can hear God, amen. You can see things, all right. Who can come up to the hill of God? You can come if the altar is destroyed. Amen. Because there are certain things that is required of you. Just like if you need to travel to a place, you need certain documents. You need passport. You need visa. Amen. And some will even require more than that. You understand? You need all of that. But in the day where, amen, you know, uh, uh, policies and all kinds of relationships has been normalized. They tell you, well, you don't even need, all you need is just your passport. That's all. You don't even need a visa. Why? Because of amen, the connection of these two nations. When we are connected back to heaven, we're connected back to the kingdom of God. Amen. Via the, the rebuilding of the altar, we have access into the things of God. And because we have access into the things of God, guess what? We have access into the nations. We have access into society, into community. We can speak. When we are reconnected, amen, all this prayer that we've been praying that we're not seeing results, now we will begin to see results. Once we have spoken twice, hallelujah, we hear. Are you hearing this? That's a power of reconnection in the place, amen, of normalization of spiritual amen, uh, 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 connectivity. Now we can stand. Now we can declare things. Now we can decree a thing. It's established. Now we can go forth representing the voice of God, the counsels of God. You see, this is not a child's play. This is not our oh, hallelujah, praise God. No, this is a serious stuff. And this requires us, amen, to become very, very informed so that our sense of reformation, amen, is, 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 is understood, is, is handled effectively. We're not pushed here and there. All right, I was trying to show you a scripture. The Lord gave me this scripture as I woke up this morning. But I'm going to read the one in Hebrews 8. Let me just take it from verse 9. It says, Hebrews 8, let's take it from verse 9. But I'm actually going to verse 10. It said, It will no longer be like the covenant I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not abide by my covenant. So it's an issue of covenant. All right? Because they did not abide by my covenant and I disregarded them, declares the Lord. So what we're saying is God is reestablishing a covenant with us via the rebuilding of the altar. In verse 10, he says, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. This is the covenant I'm going to be making with the house of Israel. We are, amen, by extension, symbolically, the house of Israel because, amen, we represent the house of God in the earth. We are the extension of the house of David. We are the house that, amen, God is repairing in this season. We are, amen, a people that God, amen, has spoken to that he will live in them. He will abide in them. We are the temple of the living God. The temple has, that has been compromised, broken, shattered, amen, is now being repaired. He said, in that day, he will what? Restore Amos 11. He will restore the tabernacle, the fallen tent, amen, of David. This is the house. This is the day of the restoration, amen, of the house of God. Now listen, he said, for this is the covenant I will make with the house. We, we are the house. The house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind. Listen to this. I will put my laws where? In their mind. The faculty of the mind, amen, is, is, is important 
important, it's critical to the advancement of, amen, the things of God in this season. I will put my law. He didn't just say, amen, in their spirit. He said in their mind, meaning that the faculty, suddenly our faculty will begin to respond to the desires of God, to the beatings of God, to the intentions of God, amen. Suddenly, amen, our, our passion for the things of God, amen, will begin to get increased because if we lose passion, if we lose desire, if we lose hunger for the things of God, it's because our mind has been invaded. So God is doing something. He's cleansing the house, amen. He's casting down, amen. And he's asking us to agree with him, to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. He said, cast them down, amen. Everything in your mind, in your life that does not agree with God's intention, that is not speaking into God's will, cast them down. Cast down the high places. The high places today is in the mind. Back in those days, it was a physical location that were built, amen, that people go to. But today, the high place is in our mind. What Jezebel has built today is, eh, is in our mind. The high place that, that we must cast down, the false altar that we must pull down are in our mind. This is what God is saying. I want to take back, amen, my place in your mind because there was no place that God created. I said, well, the devil can have that place. Well, you can have that place. No, 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 no. Everything that God created amen, was good and perfect. When he made man, he said, you are perfect. Your mind ought to be perfect. Your thoughts ought to be perfect amen your imagination ought to be perfect every aspect of you ought to be reflecting and revealing the perfection of christ i will put my laws in their mind because that's the place where the battle is that's the place where we need to make decision that is the place where our prayer becomes effective you see what i'm talking about i say your mind is the place where your prayer needs to be effective because for your prayer to be fervent listen to this for your prayer to be fervent, your mind must be in agreement with what you're saying lest you become an hypocrite you can say the right thing in your spirit with your spirit but if your mind your thought your faculty are not in agreement guess what your prayer is not going beyond the ceiling what makes our prayer effective is the condition and the state of our mind that's why when you start praying, you need to bind your mind to the will of God. You need to cast down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, you've got to bring them down. Amen. It says, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws, my laws, his laws are modern. Guess what? The laws of God are the principles of a successful life. When we talk about laws, we're talking about, amen, Model systems, principle, philosophy, values, amen, that allow us to live life successfully. The laws of God will allow us to live life here on earth successfully. So it's not just some bunch of do's and don'ts. No, it's a lifestyle. The laws of God, which are the principle of life, amen, are the basis of existence. You reject the laws of God, you're going to end up in sorrow. No matter what, it's not going to work. Because God who created you knew, understand what you need to live life successfully. So he gave you these principles. Another word for laws are principles. You can't break principle. The principle will break you. <laughs> we always talk about the law of gravity. Whatever goes up must come down. That's a principle. All right. If you live outside the earth realm, if you live outside amen, this, this, this order of life, you move into outer space. Well, maybe that law doesn't apply again. But as long as you're in the earth, be you white, yellow, green, amen, rich, poor, amen, educated, not educated. The law, hallelujah, applies to you. You want to break the law, the law will break you. That's how the things of God is. We've got to understand that his laws, 
Amen. It's laws. Amen. When you want to walk in love, you've got to understand the laws of love. When you want to walk in faith, you've got to understand the laws of faith. When you want to walk in prosperity, you've got to understand. Amen. Is law speaking to prosperity? Amen. Even financial prosperity, there are laws. Amen. If you want successful marriage, home, you have to understand his law. Every dimension of life is ruled by laws. As there are laws that governs us in the natural, even if we don't like them, even if we don't like them, we must abide by them or else the law will be hard on us. So somebody say, oh, God is wicked. No, no, no. He has sets, just like there are laws that governs natural realm, there are laws that govern spiritual realm. So no, so no, 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 no. No, God is not wicked. You just, you you violated his law and the law kicks that. Whenever, whenever, whenever we violate the spiritual law, amen, we get immediate results. We just get, amen, you know, a reaction. You know, just like it. It's like when you are supposed to be going, you know, 60 kilometer per hour on a road and you decide to go 100 or 120 guess what you don't need somebody to be there to tell you oh you have exceeded the speed pop them the camera captures you in the next few days they're about you should be getting a letter or a, uh, of a fine that you're gonna pay that's how the law works at least in a, in a country where there's a where the law is working you, you understand it, the law is just there the law is there to regulate the, the law is there to, to help us understand because we're dealing with people, amen, who are not spiritual. The scripture says, for those who are spiritual do not need laws. Why? Because the laws of God itself is what? Is written within. The codes of God are written within our spirit. We know what to do. But in a situation where we don't know what to do, we have to abide by the law. That's why in this new day of the, Melch of the Melchizedek priesthood, we live our life via the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of what? Sin and death. Yes, that's that law. <laughs> you break the law, the law breaks you. But if you abide by the law of the spirit, you abide by the law of the spirit, guess what? Your life will just be gliding. To abide by the law, to walk in the law of the spirit, the laws of God have to, have to be written. The codes of God has to be written on our hearts. But you see, you see the work of the new day. Something must happen within our hearts, in our thought pattern, our faculties. Something must happen there. I, I, I want to please God, but something in me is drawing back. Lord, put your law in that aspect of my life so that I'm not struggling to obey you. I'm not struggling to, to please you. I'm not struggling. I don't want to struggle pleasing you. I just want it to be a, you know, a second nature to me. I want to be able to just hear and twice respond. I want to please you. You see, these are things we have to begin to think of establishing. Not when I feel like it. <laughs> there are bills we have to pay that we don't feel like paying. We just, we just know we have to pay them. There are certain things in our life that we've got to carry out. Not because we feel like doing them. Life is not built on feelings. Life is built on principles. So Father, we thank you. For the way you're speaking to us. We are learning to make intercession. Yes. One of the things that is required of us in this new day. Is the capacity, the ability to be intercessors 
your word says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is making intercession for us. Father, we pray this morning, O oh God, that our life will become the expression. The expression of one who has learned to make intercession. Who has learned to pray. Who has learned to pray your heart, pray your mind, pray your will, pray your desire. We pray this morning. Grant us once again grace access of God into your mind into your heart into your desire that we will pray that which your spirit requires of us we don't want to pray soulish kind of prayer we want to pray effective prayer the word says the effectual effective fervent prayer of the righteous man prevail this is what we want so we ask oh God grant us grace this morning oh God that we can pray effective prayer effective prayer effective prayer effective prayer Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for us. We make intercession on behalf of our nation, on behalf of the land, on behalf of the church, the ecclesia. We make intercession on behalf of the nations. We make intercession on behalf of our home family. We make intercession. Teach us how to pray. Teach us, Father. Help us. Grant us grace. Resource us. Empower us. Endow us. Breathe on us once again. We receive life this day. We receive strength. I pray for my brethren. What a word this morning we have received. What a truth. What a presentation of your heart and mind. I pray that this word, O oh God, will have a place in their heart. Well-rooted word, O oh God, that will germinate and bring forth seed. Make them one out of their community. Make them a standard, O oh God, as they connect to the order of this day, as they stand in this effort, O oh God, of this new day priesthood. May they stand in proclamation and declaration of your heart, of your mind, of your will, O oh God. We pray in the name of Jesus, O oh God, that you continue to allow us to rise up in the authority of your name, to continually declare and proclaim and release your voice and your intention. Spirit of God. I thank you this morning. I pray for all our brethren, grace upon their life, wisdom, knowledge, resource, oh God, that they themselves will become a resource, not an echo. No, may their life become the very expression of the experience they've had in the place of that bridal chamber, in the place of devotion, in the place of intimacy. Establish them, oh God. Let your word become their song. Let their word become let your word become their passion. May they drink from the brook, from the spring. Yes, that is you, Christ. We thank you. We honor you this day. May your people arise. May your church arise without fear. Yes, Lord, without limitation. May we take our place, O oh God. May we honor you. May we bless you. May we glorify you. May you be exalted, O oh God, in our life. We bless you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the ability that you've granted to us. Renew us. Refresh us again. May this word go deep into the very recesses of our heart. May it sit. May it germinate. May it bring forth. May our heart become that good ground that receives your seed. We thank you. I pray for everyone this day. I pray for my sisters, my brethren, my brothers. Grace, wisdom, knowledge upon them. Renew them. Empower them, O oh God. Bring them out of whatever burden that is weighing them down. 
Lift them up, O oh God, this morning. Put a new song. The song of a new day. Put it upon their lips. Let them rejoice in you. Let them know that all things are working together for their good because they love you and are called after your purpose. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise your name, Father. Oh, praise your name, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you for newness. We refuse the burdens of yesterday. Thank you, Lord, for new day, new life, new strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Thank you, Father, for the new covenant, oh God, that you're making with the house of the potter's gate. Thank you, Father, for the new covenant you're making with this house. Thank you, Lord, for the decree that you're proclaiming over your ecclesia in this glorious day. Thank you, Father, for the covenant that you're establishing with your church in this glorious day. Thank you, Father, for the newness of your covenant. A covenant that is written, inscribed upon our hearts, upon our minds, our thoughts, intelligence. We receive, Father, a covenant of life, a covenant of hope, a covenant of blessing, a covenant of grace. We thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Oh, well, we want to give thanks to God once again for such a richness of his word, such a declaration, such a pureness of truth regarding this new day. Friends, we'll continue to track the economy of God for this new day. It's a pleasure to be part of what God is doing in our day, in our time. It's an honor to be summoned, to be touched in the ears to hear. We appreciate God for this. I want to thank God. Please, let's continue to press into the mind of God. Let's continue to open ourselves to what the Spirit of God is saying. Let our journey with God not be, you know, in and out. When you feel it, you, you flow. When you don't feel it, when you do your own thing. Let's maintain consistency. Consistency is important in the things of God. So I pray God will grant you grace as you go out this morning. Whatever you're doing this weekend. As you enjoy the day with your friends and family. Whatever you're going to be doing. I pray the blessings of God upon your life. I pray grace, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Let wisdom guide you. Let wisdom build you today. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, um, dear Sister uh, Tina, Sister Audrey. Thank you once again. Appreciate it. Brother Derek, thank you. Uh, um, I'm not sure if I can pick other people. Yes. Uh, Brother Melvin, thank you so much also for connecting. Sister Kumisa, thank you. And everyone out there and those that will be listening to this a broadcast either on the audio or watching the video. 
want to encourage you to continue to pray. Build yourself. Build yourself on your most holy faith. This is a window of opportunity heaven has given to us and is still given to us. Let's seize this moment. Let's bring our focus, amen, into the things of God. Let's keep our minds on the things of God. Keep building yourself. Keep, keep listening to the things that will empower you. We have so many resources out there. Use them. Let them teach you, build you, empower you. I tell you, there's so many things God has given to us that we can use to, you know, build ourselves. So we have no excuse. So I want to encourage you to keep standing. Don't give up on yourself. And of course, don't give up on God. God will continue to build us up. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.